I feel like young people are so powerful. When I become a mother, I'm going to tell my kids, you know, be a powerhouse mm -hmm. and don't let anyone tell you that your dreams are crazy. You know, I forgot what the quote was, but I think it was Steve Jobs. Um, but it was something about being crazy. So, you know, normal people don't make big things happen. Crazy people do. You are now tuning in to Kickspot with Jidu Park and We're back, back here at the kick spot. It's mm. been a minute. It's been a minute. Like since a month. It's been a month. I yeah. know. And you know what's crazy? Because last time we uh, were doing this, we told everybody that we'd be consistent. Yeah, I know. We're like, we're going to do another episode next week. So uh, that didn't happen. we apologize. It is our mistake. We've been caught up in life. And that typically happens, especially with more life, more of life. Um, so, uh, Migs, who do, who do we got here with us today? Um, so cool thing is we have my new friend trish May hey everyone. so how do you how do you pronounce your last name is it mayor or mayor um it's montemayor montemayor Monte yes so what, why is the monte not there well i just say mayor because most people can't really pronounce montemayor they go monte mayor and it makes me cringe monte. really hard it makes you cringe yeah ah, okay okay montemayor gotcha. May mayor Montemayor. Yeah. Mayor. Yes. Is it spelled like John Mayer or is it -A -Y -O -R. Like, a, like a mayor? Mayor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But is that a Filipino thing? No, it's one word. Yeah. It's just it's one like word. Montemayor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, got it. So again, let me introduce you to my friend, Trish Montemayor. Welcome. Welcome. You know, say hello to the people and our listeners. Um, so quick background, quick background story. So me and Trish actually met 4th of July weekend. What? This past three four weeks ago yeah yeah and so we met through mutual friends where'd you meet uh we met at excess <laughs> we, met, we met at excess at the club excess okay at okay. the club say less yeah say less fam uh but the funny thing is it's like you know when you when you meet people at the club it's kind of just like you know you party or whatever uh this was kind of different it was kind of weird um we just started talking about life and business and like what motivates you yeah. at the club you know like getting drinks so um, I thought that that was kind of like a cool connection and exchange. Like I've never really had those type of conversations. It's something that's loud and full pack of people, right? Yeah. Um, so like the following day, you know, I just kind of hit her up. I was like, hey, would you be down to, um, if you guys are out in LA ever, um, go to my podcast with Jinu? And she was like, oh, for sure. So like, I just kind of like wanted to see more of like and hear more about your mentality. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So um, she followed through with that. Uh, yeah, that's the it. only reason why she's it's not not to hang out with anybody as not party but she just wanted to join the podcast that so. and hang out of course yeah. you know yeah yeah we've <laughs> been hanging out a little too much for yeah. the past what yeah. three days oh, but she's also here for business so you know she's so yeah so she's just getting the bag and also the topic of our conversation today is pretty much going to be how millennials you know are now well i'm gen z gen z so gen z I'm millennials millennial. <laughs> my bad oh yeah i forgot gen z millennials you know how how everything is now how comparing it to our parents mm -hmm. how they grew up how they were getting the bag mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about that and obviously trisha's mindset you know and, and what your future holds for you um you know like business ventures and stuff that you have currently so we're going to promote all that awesome. sounds good absolutely gang gang but before that what do we do first gina park we got to do a little trivia boom yes philippines just, uh, i am so sorry it's just a way to embarrass yourself yeah um so, so we do this uh, we do this typically with new guests okay uh, you probably be, will be back at our show at some point 
Uh, but what we normally do is we figure out where you're from. You're obviously Filipino. Yes. Uh, but specifically, where in the Philippines? I am from Pampanga, Philippines, which is um, a little way from Manila. Um, it's a province, so, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't anything extravagant. Um, when I was young, I had pet ducks. Nice. You know, so that, okay, that's what they pets. do in the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> little little like, ducklings. I, like... They wouldn't buy me pets. They're like, oh, there's a ton of stray dogs everywhere. So you yes. can just pick, just pick one. one up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Pick one of the ascals. Wow. <laughs> it's short for asoncalie, which is street dog in, in English. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you three trivia okay. questions about the Philippines. Okay. See how far your knowledge goes back. Okay. okay. This is pretty easy. Should be. Okay. First question. Okay. What is the Philippine national bird? Philippines, Again, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what is the Philippine national bird? Well, see, I tried Googling this in the car and I didn't have signals. Wow, so. were you cheating? <laughs> were you che <laughs> That's messed up. I actually don't know. Take a wild guess. I don't know. I don't even know any bird names. <laughs> like, as much Animal Planet as I watch, I don't know any bird names. So are you, you're not answering this question? No. Okay. It's a Philippine eagle. Even I knew that. Yeah, he knew, knew that. that. Can you believe yeah. that? All right. Well, question number two. Do you should know this? Okay. okay. Oh my gosh! And if you don't, okay, another cricket. You can't you even hear the. You can't even hear the sounds <laughs> that we're playing right now. I'll give you. I'll give you a clue too. Okay? okay. So, what is the Philippine national flower? Okay. The clue is. I already know this. You obviously know Josh, right? You know what he does and his new restaurant. It's a derivative of the name of the restaurant. I'll give you that. I pretty so much gave you the answer. it's a derivative of Sampa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so what is She's the, halfway there, dude. So what is the answer? You're halfway there. Josh, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Damn. Okay, so the answer is Sampa Gita. Mm. It's like that white flower right there. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen that. You've seen I've that. Seen, I knew it was a white flower, but I didn't want to like... Say something that will totally embarrass me. Okay, so this is the last question. Okay. And I hope she gets this question right. <laughs> She's 0 for, 0 for She's 2. 0 for 2 so, right uh, now. I mean, that's like Giannis 1 for 3. Free throw line, game 1 and 2. So, who is the Philippines? Tito Rod. Current president. <laughs> who? Tito. Tito Rod? Yes. Like my Tito? I'll, take, I'll take that. You'll take that as an answer? Yeah. But what's his full name? What's his full name? Rodrigo Duterte. 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 Okay. Duterte. Yeah. I'll take that. All day. I love it. I love it. Well, Just Rodgers. let you know, guys, I Googled that. Oh, okay. All right. So one out of three is not bad. Oh, 33 is actually failing, but yes. In the Asian standards, it's, it's Asian not very standards, good. It's on our parents' standards. A minus That's is horrible. not good enough. It's not very good. I like your second place. Um, but yeah. Perfect, perfect way to kind of break the ice to Trish, you know, kind of get you a little bit more comfortable. I know you were nervous coming in here. Yeah, because he's in the car. He's like, I have 15 trivia questions for Damn. you. <laughs> and they're really hard. Damn, he condensed it down I did. a lot. Yeah, one out uh, of five. We, we used to do a little bit more. Um, but you guys were saying that you guys were talking about business yeah. at Excess. Yep. Um, I, I honestly think those are like probably the best times. Yeah. Like when you're when you're like super That's drunk, whatever, and then all of a business sudden you have a happy hour. Yeah, you, you uh, start talking about business, goals, aspirations, um, and, you know, one of the big uh, reasons why Migs and I always started this podcast as well, too, is because we would have a lot of those drunk conversations yeah. and we talk about, you know, our legacy that we're going to leave behind and, and, you know, future growth. But it was like crazy. We talk about it sober and we're drunk. So there's got to be yeah. something there. So like minded people always gravitate towards like minded people. So I'm curious, since I don't know much about you, 
I kind of want to know more about your aspirations and what leads you to, you know, to, to that aspiration. Um, you know, I feel like me being young, coming from an immigrant family um, in Philippines, I lived a very simple life. I mean, it was beautiful. Everyone was happy. Um, everyone was really peaceful. And when I came to America, I just felt like I was in a huge culture shock. You know, um, Vegas is a really small town, yeah. so there's only limited things you can do unless you work the industry or maybe even real estate back then wasn't even all that. Um, when I was about 17, 18, I ran away. <laughs> I packed a duffel bag with just enough clothes for maybe a couple days and I literally quit my job. I broke the lease to my apartment. I dropped out of high school and I told my parents that I'm gonna go on a trip with my friends to LA and I had $30 in my bank account and I used it for gas. Okay. And I ended up getting into downtown LA, had no plan, no job, no nothing, and I never went back home for eight months. Wait, I'm, uh, there's there's a lot right there. So, um, why were you, were you kicked out of your house or? Um, so, me and my parents weren't okay for a little while in my, you know, teen life. Okay. Um, but, you know, when you come from a Filipino family or even any Asian family, I'm pretty sure you could relate, yeah. um, business is not something that they would want you to be in. Nursing is. Yeah, so my, you know, my mom, she was like, you should be a nurse. And I worked in the medical field ever since I was like 14 and I just hated it. I couldn't stand it. I just felt like I couldn't serve anybody through there. And I mean, the medical field is an amazing place to be at, to, you know, help others and, you know, care for people. It's amazing, but it truly wasn't something that I was inspired by. Yeah. I would wake up to and be like, oh, you know, I really love doing this. Yeah. I wanted to serve people in different ways. Um, and when you're in a household like that, you know, one thing that drives you insane is just you want to figure out who you are. And being in a small town, I would talk to all these kids in my high school and I would just say, I just can't relate to you. I remember I would sleep in class and I would still get really good grades. I would ditch school and I, you know, would talk to my um, classmates and they just didn't get anything I'd, I'd say. Or I remember what really pushed me to actually drop out and leave was I was talking to my counselor mm -hmm. and she said, you know, like, what are your hopes and dreams? And I said, well, I don't know who I am. And right now that is what Sweet. inspires me is I want to figure out what life is. I want to know like if people could understand me elsewhere. You know, I see so many things in movies and the American dream, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, so many people elsewhere have these crazy ambitions and I know that it's attainable for me. But in this town, in this moment and time in my life, no one is surrounding me with that passion and that, you know, same mentality as me. So I remember watching like Home Alone and that kid would just like run away. Yeah. And he was just having so much fun. And for some reason, my 18 year old self was like, I'm going to do that. Um, so I packed up and I left. And the only thing that was really driving me was just to start a new life. Okay. Figure things out and, you know, just be surrounded by a community where I could relate to. And I feel like that's, you know, LA was like the closest big city to me. It was a four hour drive and that's kind of like where my life started. You know, I feel like the most beautiful thing about being young is being confused. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. Um, so question for you. So when you were in L.A., mm -hmm. you got in L.A., um, what were the things that kind of inspired you that led you to where you're at today? Right. To, yeah. you know, the connections that you've made, the business that you've kind of, you know, um, fall into. Um, what were like the starting pieces and then kind of break it down for us and then kind of explain to our viewers and our listeners where you're at today um so i think what the main thing that inspired me in la was i remember going to downtown and i just saw these big huge high rises and skyscrapers 
Um, I remember I got there at sunrise and I was just walking down the street and everyone would be on their phones or with their friends and they were just talking about all these different things that I've never heard of. You know, when you're in Vegas, like everyone is kind of clicky. It's a small town, everyone's parents know each other. It's kind of like Philippines, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, here, it's like, you could tell that not a lot of people are actually from LA. They're from elsewhere. Yeah. So, you know, everyone is talking about like all their hopes and dreams, just walking down the street, just listening to conversation. And I just felt like it was amazing that no one knew me. It felt like I was just starting over new. Right. It was just a clean canvas that I could make my own life and make myself. Um, you know, after that, I actually found some friends that lived there in downtown um, and they took me in. So thankfully, I was able to sleep on a couch for a couple months. Um, nice. And, yeah, so not getting too much into the gritty the details, things yep, of yep. like, you know, what I did for money. I mean, I didn't do anything too crazy for money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to talk uh, about that. I wanted to yeah. talk about like you came here with $30 mm -hmm. and then how did you even survive to like eat the food, eat, yeah. you know, Lodging, where you're living, yep. like that kind of thing. So my friends at that time took me in and basically what happened was, you know, just fortunately, um, one of the people I met in that house actually used to party with my parents' friends. Okay. And that was like the weirdest thing. Um, so, he, you know, we, they kind of felt like they, I don't want to say they had to take me in, but they were like, oh my God, like we know your parents. Right. You right, know, they're right. like, we can just like leave this little girl on downtown streets and near Skid Row, you know? So um, basically all of them like did different things, you know, from stuff that we don't want to mention, obviously to, um, some of them were in marketing, some mm -hmm. of them were in the car scene, some of the, they just did all different kinds of things. Um, one thing I really did adore about them is that they were all just so unique mm -hmm. and I was able to kind of learn and gravitate towards just whatever they did, mm -hmm. you know? Um, everyone was just so different and what happened was, you know, as time went by and I spent time with them, you build bonds and connections with people and you kind of start to figure yourself out as a young kid. Yeah. Like, what do I like? Right. Like, you know, like who am I more relating to? Um, and a lot of them did own businesses and some of them, you know, did like payment processing, e-commerce and stuff like that. So they were all at the bottom line, they were all in business. And it was like the perfect place for me to one, be humbled, to mm -hmm. be on a couch and to sleep there. And I mean, they partied hard, like they partied till 11 a.m. in the morning. So I went from living in a beautiful house with my family, having my own room, bathroom, like quiet, my parents gave me everything to a party house with amazing people, um, but I would have to sleep through a party. Yep. Um, so I feel like that's when I was like, okay. So that's when I was kind of starting to get hung up. I need to get my own place. I need to start my own life. Like I can't live here forever, right? But I was so grateful that they gave me that. So after that, I basically, um, I mean, I might as well just say it because you know, once you move on from something and accept it, it's part of you. Um, I started nightlife. Okay. okay. Um, I'm not going to say where I worked just because I was underage at that time. And, you know, we don't want to get any place shut down. No, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, we're good. So I was 19 at that time. And basically, you know, I was just like doing cocktailing and stuff like that. Um, so I was just starting to make my own money. And at that time, I really loved taking pictures. I was really into photography. And fortunately, one of my friends who was like best friends with my friends who lived in that apartment, he owned a marketing company. Um, so I started taking pictures and making videos for them, you know, doing little stuff like that. Um, a lot of them were in cannabis. So we started taking like, product photos. Um, I was just kind of learning to network and get out of my shell at that point because I was still really young. So mm -hmm. when 
I was, you know, younger, I'm still young, um, I had a lot of social anxiety. I like could not even say hi to my mom's friends. Like I would just like volunteer, you know? So at that point in my life, I was kind of like, I want to say on survival mode. You have to learn to push yourself to kind of adapt to every situation. You know, you're a young girl in LA and no one's gonna give you any free handouts. And if you don't learn to adapt and you don't learn how to network and speak for yourself, stand up for yourself, people are gonna use you. Mm -hmm. This is not small Las Vegas anymore where no. everyone wants to be your friend. Like the, everyone here came here for something. You know, so um, I was doing, you know, a little bit of marketing stuff on the side. Mm -hmm. I was cocktailing. Um, and then eventually I was just networking so much, I met my former boss and he owns an accounting firm here. Um, and I never really wanted to go into accounting, um, but I thought at that moment in my life, I was like, you know, it's better than cocktailing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're young, you get really tired of working all those late nights and you don't get to party with your friends. Um, so I took that opportunity. Um, I did like tax assistance and stuff like that. And it was amazing because in, business you have to learn finances absolutely you know everyone in business has to have at least some financial background yep. right so i started working in finance from there um and then you know from going on a couch to a little bit later um my one of my roommates and i we actually got an apartment in downtown la on the 50th floor in like the newest building development nice um so it was just really nice to see like those milestones of myself just kind of growing as a young woman you know, um, but just like everything that, you know, you get really easy and you attain really fast, it comes crashing down yeah. as fast because your foundation's not there, Yeah. you know? Um, so basically what happened was, you know, again, big party people, blah, 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 blah. And I just realized I was like, you know, I'm paying, I'm gonna pay a lot of rent and it's just not me, you know? Um, and at that time- How old were you at that time? I was 19. Still, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. I just felt like I was moving so fast in my life that I didn't develop that firm foundation that everyone should have. And right. I feel like that's something critical that um, I feel like maybe like your generation, my parents' generation worked really hard on building a foundation. And sometimes, you know, you have to move slowly so later on you can move more powerfully, right? But when you're young, you just want to keep running and you have all this energy in the world. You could do all the late nights and early mornings. And I feel like a lot of young people have this grind mentality that's actually toxic. They don't know what balance means. When you're young, you're gonna keep running and running and running full force. You mm -hmm. don't take care of your body. You don't take care of your mental health. And you don't realize who you surround yourself with because all you care about is money. All you care about is partying. All you care about is networking, talking to people, doing this. And you learn to lose yourself, especially in LA. It's so easy to lose yourself in LA, but guess what? I didn't know that. When you're young and you're naive and you go out into this wonderful world of Hollywood, you just lose yourself really easy. So did you? So when did you start like real estate? So when did you buy your first property? I refunded a ton of money to buy this duplex in DC, and then what happens is it was like a fully renovated duplex. Um, and then when COVID hit, all the government people were like, "Oh, I can work remote now, and I get paid a fuck ton of money." And it was an area that's getting gentrified really fast. Mm -hmm. um, really amazing prices of COVID, obviously. Um, so basically what happened is, is we fronted that through his name um, and then we split profit through it. And then basically I found property managers out there and I helped manage it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I, mean, for, I mean, I don't have that, you know, I don't have a property. Well, it's own. not under my name. But but you're still, you know, yeah. you're, a, you're a partner of that, right? Yeah. So, so you're still getting some residual yeah, income. Yeah, some res residual income on it. Mm -hmm. So do you have any questions? 
Yeah, and then you moved back, yeah. and then you moved back to Vegas. Was that just to get away from him, or is it like another reason why you moved back back home? Um, I think it was multiple reasons. You know, I think it was part, we broke up, um, but I still lived there for a while um, because I wanted to just make my transition back to the West Coast as effortless as I possibly could. Um, I, at that moment, I was just like really overwhelmed from COVID because everyone's here like cashing on unemployment, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Because what happened is I went back to the medical field because that's where all the jobs were at that time. Yeah. Um, me and him broke up. I was just like, I don't, you know, I'm not in love with him anymore. Things happen. And I worked in the medical field and I was just like, I am not passionate about this. And I went back to the medical field like on and off. I would go to the accounting firm, go here as a side job, you know. And, you know, my parents really told me, not my parents, my mom, she would really be like, you know, the medical field is bulletproof. We'll always have a job mm -hmm. and you know even if COVID gets bad again I know at the end of the day I always have that for me you know um, but medical field did teach me a lot about business because I ended up kind of going to more on the business side of the medical field um, I left it though you know it's just not the environment I wanted to be in quit my job um, I broke up with my boyfriend that time and then you know I was going back and forth to Vegas and um, just seeing all my friends again, my family again, I was just like, you know, like, this is where I belong. I feel like I'm at home here. I feel like I'm loved here. I'm mm -hmm. treasured here. And um, I took a flight back and, you know, I never looked back after that. But, you know, and your parents memories. took you back after like just like, leaving, like ditching. Um, no. So basically, like I left. Um, my family was going through their own personal problems. Mm, and it wasn't mostly just because I was like, oh, mom and dad, I hate yeah, you. Yeah. It was more yeah. like okay, like this is not a good environment for me. And like, I have my own dreams and I wanna go to wherever I feel like I'm gonna flourish. And like this house is just not it right now. And you know, we all talked, you know, my parents saw me doing really well in LA, especially my mom. Um, my dad was in business, so he got me. Yeah. It was just more of my mom seeing, okay, like she could finally take care of herself on her own. Cause I'm an only child. Yeah. I'm an only daughter. So for them to have, you know, their only child kind of go out into this world, you know, it's scary. Yeah. Which is crazy because, you know, I, the, my mom, she was so scared of me leaving, but my dad always told her, you know, truly, if you raised your kid right, you're going to be more than confident of her leaving you because you passed all the correct values, life lessons, and all that hard work, blood, sweat, and tears to your children. And that's your legacy, them walking for you. you so know? question for you. So where are you at today? Um, so where are you at today? And also part two of that question is mm -hmm. in the next six to 12 months to 24 months, mm -hmm. like where are you going where is Trish going to be at? Mm. So where I'm at today, I currently live in Vegas. Um, I work the industry. Um, I do bottle service in the, at Vegas. Um, and I think when COVID lifted, it was kind of like one of the best things that ever happened just because during COVID, Vegas was expanding a lot. I mean, it's so hard to even find a home in Vegas right yeah. now. There's so many houses being built. There's new casinos. Um, there's so much more opportunity for Vegas and it's just built so much that like it is getting to a bigger city. You know, it doesn't take 30 minutes to drive to the other yeah, end anymore. Right, yep. um, so when I went into the industry, I was in the medical field and then went straight into the industry. And for me, I was super hesitant to go in the industry just because, you know, when you grow up around that environment, you're like, everyone wants to do that shit. So just explain that to people that don't know the term, the industry. The industry. Like, is that a casino industry? Is that like... The industry could be a lot of things, but mostly when girls say, like, I'm in the industry, yeah, yeah. you're that. usually like a bottle girl. Oh, okay. You're like an entertainer. Entertainer, okay. Yeah. Got so it. I do bottle service. Um, 
And honestly, it was just like the biggest change for me, but I like just thrived on it very, very well. Um, I felt like I was always a talkative person in the medical field, you can't talk. You know, they're very just cutthroat, straightforward, this is your job, you know. Um, but, you know, growing up in Vegas, I said, I always kind of like went to different places. I went to New York, DC, LA, and you know, I loved it, but I never tried out exploring home, you know? And I grew up in the entertainment capital of the world, Las yep. Vegas. And um, who goes to Vegas? People who have money, mm -hmm. people who have connections, network, who goes there? People who wanna have like grand, you know, business meetings. Um, so for me, when I was exploring business, it was a perfect place to put my foot down there. Um, and basically what happened was I thought, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try bottle service or I'm gonna try cocktailing here. Um, just because you never know who you're gonna meet, ever. You never know who anybody is. And when you go to Vegas, you would love to meet anyone there, right? Yeah. Coming from Philippines, if you talk to people, you're gonna know what they do. You know, we farm, we grow rice, we play with ducks. <laughs> play with ducks. <laughs> but in Vegas, it's just like, you never know who you're gonna meet. Yeah. Um, I've met some amazing people in cannabis and real estate there um, in a matter of just months, mm -hmm. you know? Um, after going through that whole thing in LA, going up, crashing down, coming up again, that whole thing in DC, I felt like I developed myself enough to say, okay, now you can kind of go out into the world and, you know, represent yourself as like, you know, a responsible young woman who's able to present herself in a way that, you know, you're able to handle things, take yeah. new opportunity. Um, so, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. I can't I'm nervous. That's okay. You can cuss too. You can cuss as much as you want. How, how are you nervous right now? Yeah, you're, 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 on you're, you're on a roll. We're just like, okay, I'm, I'm just going. learning. Yeah. I'm taking notes right now. So, um, I remembered I went to my first audition. So we have casting calls, mm -hmm. right? Um, For bottle service? Yeah. You, oh. I feel like LA is really different because you come in as a job interview and they're like, they kind of just like look at you and mm -hmm. shit. Um, in Vegas, it's totally, totally different. Like if you work pool season, you go in there in a bikini, you go with the group and you go in like you're going like America's Got Talent. You know, mm -hmm. there's like judges there yeah. and they critique you. They ask you all these questions, you know, your name, how old you are. And they'll be like, you know, name me five ways you could upsell. Name me five oh. high-end tequilas, you know, hey. or I so actually that's, saw That's pretty this, detailed. Yeah, I saw Maybe this podcast. Maybe that should have been your question, huh? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was this podcast I was listening to. She's um, the operations manager of Dre's. And um, she would say, you know, like, why Dre's? And, you know, a lot of girls would go there. And it was so easy to her for pick out the candidates that didn't work because they'd just be like, oh, you know, I love hip-hop. I just love to see Migos. Like, it's just like my crowd. Mm -hmm. And you know, something that she said was, I'm looking for the girls who really are able to, you know, know what hospitality is. And some girls would say, you know, I have always been addicted to being in a chaotic environment. Why? Because I'm able to flourish it there. When I'm there, I'm able to perform my best. I'm able to give the best hospitality and service out there. And I feel like it's so different coming from LA bottle service and cocktail to Vegas just because I didn't know it was like that. So um, I got hired and what people don't know is in Vegas every year or when a new venue comes up, you sit classroom style for two weeks getting paid however much minimum wages and every single day you hit key points of how to be an entertainer. Mm -hmm. You know, Vegas has done an amazing thing of creating this culture of just chaos and partying. Like there's I don't know any other place where you could say, oh, there's no other place like Vegas. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the places you could say that for sure. Yeah, but for sure, I mean, like here, like near LA, 
in LA you could go to a club and be like, oh my god, we had so much fun. But when you go to Vegas, it's like no. But I will say about hospitality. I mean, I kind of you know someone told me this weekend like that's like you gotta like hospitality is like the main thing in Vegas. Like yeah. if you if you fuck up hospitality in Vegas, mm -hmm. you're pretty much done. You're gonna get fired. They they can replace you right away. You're done. Like, yeah. It, you have to take it to heart. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, that's literally, we would sit classroom style getting paid minimum wage and you sit there and they quiz you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pass it, like you don't, you, in Vegas, you sign this waiver and it's like, they, we could fire you for whatever reason we want. Right, right. If you gain weight, if we just don't have kind yep. of look, if we just think you're on drugs, we'll fire you. Mm -hmm. And you can leave for whatever reason. You don't even need to put your two weeks. So are you going to stay in the industry or like for what a little you, while. for a little while? And then mm -hmm. so after the industry, where are you looking to go? Um, you know, I definitely want to stay in the industry just because you can make so much money in mm -hmm. it. Um, girls at Encore last like month, they were making two to four thousand dollars a day, a day. Damn, you gotta work there, bro. Like the busters, I know make like two thousand dollars a day, and you know you work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're like these girls are racking up money, and everyone thinks that like it's so easy getting there. One, it's not. You know, two. It's like all these girls, you, when you work industry, you have a shelf life. You're not gonna be young, hot, and pretty and fit forever. But all these girls, after a couple years, they start businesses. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of girls, they would start their own gyms and then they would train the new upcoming industry girls. Look at that. Wow. That's, you know? Yeah. Or these, it's like a farming I, system. It's like a yeah. WWE yeah. system. Yeah, yeah. I knew a sh stripper in Vegas and um, she found her ways to work around it. She is like a real estate empire right now. She would just stack up all her money. She just had like a really small apartment, never spent any money, never bought any like nice like bags. She just looked like a, you know, a simple, beautiful girl. And she cashed out on houses before like it, the market went up. Yeah, shout Crazy. out to her. Yeah. yeah. And now she, she stopped stripping. She's like a mom and she has like property on property on property. And I'm not talking about like house, I'm talking about like duplex. Like yeah, she yeah, owns yeah. like buildings and shit. So is that something you want to get into or like do you want to get into like other industries? Like what, what do you see yourself? Like what Me kind personally, of yeah. I definitely think I want to go more towards owning real estate. Okay. Um, so I think working in the industry for me is going to be great to make that income. Um, also working in the industry would give me a lot of time on my own because you don't work Monday to Friday. Right. You would do like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. You know, um, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're just banking on money and then you're able to do a couple of side hustles. Um, one side hustle is kind of like what you guys did, but we're not going to do a podcast. So me, um, our friend Matt and AJ are actually going to make this company. It's called The Common Collective. Um, and we had a Zoom meeting and uh, just friend, we had a Zoom meeting and we were just talking about life, pushing it out. Um, and we just wanted to make like Instagram accounts and like social medias where we like had quotes and then we would actually have stuff typed in and we would make newsletters that we would send out every month to people of just things that we would learn that month. Um, we also would want to like do events with it where we could sit down with like a group of people, yeah. you know, and just share our knowledge with them, share like different backgrounds and knowledge of life with other people. So we're getting to the works of that. It's still like very, very fresh and new. Um, but you know, I'm so glad I'm able to have a very flexible work schedule. I come to LA like eight days a week every month, you know? Yeah. So, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to kind of, you know, do whatever I want in LA. I don't have to work here. I could just come here and network, yeah. meet great people, you know, you. <laughs> go on podcast. Hey. <laughs> so by the way, I'm following that page, the common collective. Yeah. We're gonna promote that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely. I just kind of want to stream as much income as I can right yeah. now and then probably go into real estate. 
And then, you know, I'm still young. I'm still figuring out a lot about myself. So I think just having that spare time just to vote who I am and figure out, you know, what else I'm good at, what else I'm passionate about is just gonna be a great thing for me in my life right now. Yeah. So go ahead. What do you think, like, cause you are very young and so you, you've experienced a lot more within the last three years um, than like what I've experienced in like last 10. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think I learned later in life because I followed the path of going to college, not knowing exactly what I do, what I wanted to do, majored in business, still didn't want to know what I wanted to do, investing money into that and then figuring life for like 10 years. And then finally it's like, okay, like now I'm starting to understand what life is like. You've had real life experiences, but what would you say is the major thing that you've learned throughout that process for you? Great question, Gina Park. Um, I think I touched base a little bit earlier was um, something that really touched base with me was you're young and you're confused and it's beautiful to be confused. You know, I always tell all of my friends who are my age, I, you know, when I meet like you or like other people here in LA, they're like, oh, I own businesses, I do this, I am, you know, a real estate mogul. And when I always tell my friends, I said, you should always be confident to let them know you're young. A lot of older people I feel like would downplay me, but their kid would be my age and they can't even talk halfway of me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and sure. I always tell them and I said, why are you so scared? And why are you so embarrassed to say, I don't know? You understand that like when you're confused, you grow, you progress, you keep moving in life because you're hungry. When you're comfortable, what else are you looking for? You know, you could be a real estate mogul and have all these millions of dollars and say, I live a comfortable life. I have all these bitches in the world. I have the, everything that I want and more. And that's when you stop, go, when you start going to a dead end, you know, you put walls up for yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like young people are so powerful. When I become a mother, I'm going to tell my kids, you know, be a powerhouse mm -hmm. and don't let anyone tell you that your dreams are crazy. You know, I forgot what the quote was, but I think it was Steve Jobs. Um, but it was something about being crazy. So, you know, normal people don't make big things happen. Crazy people do. Yep. And until those crazy things happen, they're going to keep saying, you're crazy, you're a psychopath. But when those things come to you, they say, you're a genius. Where, you're does that, where does that mindset come from? Because a lot of Gen Zs that I've met are really into, like, the thirst trap, the Instagram, Social, like, instant yep. gratification, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've enjoyed about our conversation is that um, you enjoy humility at times. It's... Mm -hmm you've been able to pro progress and all of a sudden it's like you're down here, you're progressing and then you're down here again. And it's like, for you, that was nothing. That that was just the process of everything. But Gen Z's I've always met are just like, I just want to post this, I want to post that. Mm -hmm. So I can try to make money as fast as possible, awesome. but you haven't, you, you don't really have that type of habit. Mm -hmm. and you so have patience. Where, so where does that, yeah. where does that mindset come from? You know, I truly believe that mindset came from is when I left that day at LA, I always tell myself when I journal and I, when I meditate, you know, how much, no matter how much money I make, I always tell myself, remember where you came from, remember what you had to go through to get here. Every time you went through a pitfall, you went through another pitfall after pitfall, and you know, you went from being on a couch to living in this grand place, and so what? You know, I feel like with me, you know, instead of aiming for money, aim for experience. Um, I feel like it's just so important to remember that being young, um, all the thirst traps and all the social media and all that and all the materialistic things could just be taken away so instantly. You know, I feel like when people lose their phone, like people my age, they go ape shit crazy. Yeah, Literally, yeah. They, they don't even like yeah. they don't even know how to like move anymore because they don't know how like to have real life experiences. And I always told them like you can't live your life through your phone, like you can't make these connections 
just FaceTiming people all day. Right. You know, I felt like I always got a rush when I met people in person and I got to connect with them. And I got to be humbled by real life experiences, sleeping on the couch, you know, like hopping from like friends to friends, like coming back to my parents, literally them crying to me and saying, like, what the fuck are you doing in your life? And no matter how much money you make and no matter how you know far you go, you always have to remember where you came from. Um, also, I think my parents always let me go back to Philippines like every year, every other year or so. And just like seeing people in Philippines, like life there is so simple. Yeah. And everyone's like, I mean, I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate from saying this, but you could go to the hood. You could you could be born in the hood in the projects, right? And I'm not saying it's not real life struggle. That is, that's real life struggle that we all need to work on here in America. And you know, but going to a third world country and being from there, you know, a lot of people in the hood they trap and they wear chains and they flex money on social media. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? These kids in Philippines, they eat out of the garbage cans and they light up like garbage to heat up eaten bones and mm-hmm. they make soup out of it, out of dirty sewer water, and they'll share it with five other kids mm-hmm. and they say that's dinner. Yep. And guess what? These kids will get picked up from the streets and you know be sold, be trafficked, and that's their life. They will die being knowing like you are an object in this world and no one cares about you. Your parents left you for dead. And guess what? I come home and everyone has a smile on their face. How, how often were you going back to the Philippines? I would want to say like every other year for most of the part. And it was with my family. My parents did an amazing job making sure that no matter, I mean, especially going from Las Vegas um, with all these spoiled children, um, they wanted me to remember like no matter how hard life is for some people, they're so happy. Yeah. No matter how little they have, they're so happy. And I remember even when I slept on the couch in my friend's house, I was just like, I'm so happy. You, you know? were just glad you had a couch to sleep on. No, not just that. I'm I'm a young girl in LA and I'm getting to meet all these people with amazing personalities. And I feel like something amazing about when you could be young is you're a sponge. You could absorb and retain anything like that. Because when you're on survival mode, you have to. Yeah. Whenever you meet anybody, you have to learn how to talk to them, adjust to them, and you have to learn how to retain it so you can apply it in your own life, right? And I feel like what really, you know, keeps me going is not having the white picket fence, amazing trophy husband. I really do believe what pushes me to my life is I want to be a mother one day. And I want to see everything that I've struggled through go to my children and have them flourish in their dreams. So that's your biggest motivation? Yeah. You know, one day, I feel like people always tell me, when you become a parent, your life changes. You know why? Because your life is not about you anymore. It's more than that. And I feel like one day I always wanted to have my children with a smile on their face knowing like, hey, I could do whatever I want because my mother sacrificed everything for me. And I cannot wait to have my, even if they don't want to be in business, whatever they want to do, I can't have them to be front stage center knowing that they have all the confidence in the world because I pass that on to them. You know? You know what I appreciate about this entire convo Mm -hmm. is like, we meet, we meet a lot of people. We've had mm-hmm. a ton of people on our show. The difference with you, I think, um, is there's a, there's a sense of conviction mm-hmm. in every word that you say. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like, and I'm just like listening and I'm going, holy crap, like she's either gonna accomplish everything that she's mm-hmm. gonna set out to do, and at the same time, she's gonna make a difference. And mm-hmm. a lot of people talk like that, but there's, there's some points where you can kind of, oh, you capping a little bit. But in yeah. your case, ever since I, ever since we had conversations at the club, I was like, and then now it's mm-hmm. like it resonated. It's like it, mm-hmm. she's convicted on 
making everything that she's telling me and us happen. I think Go something forward. amazing about, well, that I love about myself is I never really talk to people to impress them, but mm -hmm. I've always wanted to serve people. Yeah. Because I've been through so many dark places in my life. I remember I was in such a dark time in my life that I literally put a rope around my neck and like my house at that time had like a balcony style house. And I remember I was at the ledge just ready to let go of my life. And I remember I let go and for some reason I didn't die and had lacerations around my neck and my parents took me to the hospital. And I just wanted to die. And I've tried multiple times. Like I was in the hospital and rehab like multiple times when I was a little girl, mm -hmm. you know? And like that shit is real. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always tell people when I talk to them, I'm like, you know, like what really like convicts you? Like what makes you like happy inside? And a lot of people are like, oh, well, I love to hustle. I love to do this. I love to make bread. And I'm like, well, I love to serve people because I know what it feels like to be that little girl where no one even had open ears for me. Yeah. You know, and I think something important for young people, Gen Z, even millennials, is you have to find something that you're passionate on that's convicted to you, whether you apply to business, finance, or whatever you, if you're a chef, you know, you have to find something that you're very, very, very deep down in love with. Something I'm in love with is helping people. If I know someone out there could say, you know, even if it's just a sentence of mine, maybe they didn't get anything else to say, but a sentence of mine, just help them push through that one day through college, you know, help them become a better parent even. I think for me, like that is amazing to me. That's the world to me. You know, I don't care to impress the crowd, but I do care to impress people who actually matter, who want to change the world, who want to actually have a purpose in the world, you know? And as corny as it sounds, I feel like that's why I resonate with such amazing people and I attract those kind of people because I only want a network of not just breadwinners, but people who like good doers, you know, wholehearted people. Yeah. And I feel like Gen Z especially is just so caught up in social media. I mean, you could use social media to amazing things. Trust me, I've seen it mm -hmm. happen. But I truly believe like, you know, the best people in life are the ones who make a change big or small that like hits people at home in their heart. I, I interview a lot of people. I've, I've uh, run a business for a while and you know, I'll bring candidates into interview. But one thing that really intrigues me during our conversation is I always think about what kind of kid I want to raise and that and you're the ideal kid that yeah, I want to raise. 100%. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of questions that I ask about how you're raised and how you grew up, what your experience going to the Philippines and experience a third world country. Because your, your parents wanted you to do something totally different. Yeah. But you got to see a different part of the world. Uh, and I that's why I encourage people to travel. Even if you're in college, you should be traveling around, even if you just to figure out yourself for about a good year before you get in, get your actual degree. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very interesting because I'm taking notes like, okay, so if I have kids in the future, I'm going to take them to all these third world yep. countries. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, have them experience that. Be blessed for what you have. Yeah. Even if you're not the richest person or your family's not the richest, just be blessed in life. So, it, I mean, th this was just a great yes. interview and just a great yeah. podcast. Cool. I mean, we de we've enjoyed this. Yeah. And, and I think one of our goals making the podcast is we just want to be able to make an impact in one person's life. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to impact a lot of people's lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how can people find you? Yeah. Um, on social media. You guys want my phone number? No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, visit me. You guys want to book a table through yeah, me? That's, that's <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say, promote it, promote it, do it. <laughs> Whose boyfriend's credit card can I max out? <laughs> Only the black. No, I'm kidding. Only the black. No, she's not. <laughs> but you know, it kind of happened. 
so what's what's your ig yeah what's your ig or if you have a business ig you know, let um, know. my instagram is trish mayer t-r-i-s-h-m-a-y-o-r there, there <laughs> yeah is there like a business business yeah, phone or like, like that or is it just the instagram that they can reach out um right now our business account is the common collective but we're still making it work so um eventually when it comes into fruition it's gonna be called the common collective perfect um and yeah and then we'll have another podcast about it Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Maybe we'll do it in Vegas instead. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. There. At the Cosmo. With all the boys. <laughs> At, the Cosmo. Yeah. You know At I mean? the Cosmo. After a game of Baccarat. Oh my god. Um, no, but I mean, we we've had so much fun talking to you and just your mindset. I mean, that there was that's the reason why I wanted her on our show is to talk about this, you know, and I've learned a ton more about you also, <laughs> and you know, and just the way I think. A lot of people, just like what you said, right? Like with raising children, now I started to think like, man, I kind of want my children to think the way Trish thinks, you know, and raise a child like that. But at the same time, they have to experience certain shit, right, mm -hmm. on their own. So, and you did that. So, but for us, this was a treat, a pleasure. We love having you here. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. I and absolutely. It. And other than that, bro, what do we do now? Uh, we're just gonna uh, shout her out on our Instagram as well too. Yes. Uh, the underscore kickspot and then also you can just research us on YouTube at uh, kickspot and then uh, we're just on all the podcast channels and everything yeah. like that so check it out uh, check it out and check out Trish's information reach out to her don't DM her like that but DM her <laughs> she, got, she can make that bread alright so thank you very much thank Trish. You, Trish you're welcome and guys we thank out. you peace thank you for listening to kickspot